1: Let's get to Cheryl Smith, our guest for the half hour. Cheryl is an economist, also a portfolio manager at Trillium Asset Management on the line from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us, Cheryl. Is it a foregone conclusion that we're going to be dealing with recession here in the States, given the fact that the Fed has got a big problem at getting inflation under control? And I think there's no end in sight when it comes to raising rates.
2: There are certainly people in the market who are still hoping for a soft landing, but I um, and my firm are in the camp that we will definitely see a recession during 2023. The difficulty, as you mentioned, of getting inflation down and the strength of some elements of retail sales, the strength of uh, some other elements of spending, indicate that it's going to take them quite a while to get it down. And even though we are happy with the lower inflation numbers that we saw with both the consumer price index and the producer price index in the last week, they still are, while lower, nowhere near the 2% that the Fed is looking for.
3: Okay. Well, not all recessions, though, are created equal. Uh, there's still very strong employment. Uh, retail sales look good. Uh, do you foresee this being mild, or, or is there a worst-case scenario?
2: the the worst-case scenario, such as the financial crisis, really requires a lot more underlying imbalances. So we are not looking for something with the depth of the 2007 to 2009 uh, recession. We are um, anticipating something that will be uh, a bit milder. We're certainly starting from a low level of unemployment and have some hopes that the level of unemployment won't rise too high. But the Fed's way of taming inflation is to reduce aggregate demand. Hmm. Reduces aggregate demand by raising those interest rates, and reducing out aggregate demand means higher unemployment. Well, the head it's a of the simple equation,
1: the head of the New York Fed, uh, John Williams, today was saying the Fed should avoid incorporating financial stability risk as it considers rate hikes. That seems to be a recipe for a little bit of a, perhaps an accident that could cost uh, cost us considerably.
2: Um, That is an interesting perspective. I think um, one way you could look at it would be to say that because of the changes in bank regulations that have been put in place since the great financial crisis, banks are in a much stronger position than they are now. However, when you look at what's happening to other aspects of the shadow banking or uh, parallel banking system, for example, what's going on in the crypto universe Mm -hmm. over the last few days...
3: Cheryl, we were discussing the macro picture in the United States. You see a risk of recession in 2023. But how about some of the other major economies offshore? And I'm looking at China, where there is a rather substantially different set of problems to consider. What's your outlook there?
2: I believe that China is going to be much more driven by its policy actions and maybe a little bit decoupled from the rest of the world economy. Um, you know, its decisions to follow a zero COVID policy and perhaps uh, look at moving away from that right now, as well as um, having been uh, somewhat constricted in policy, could have the opportunity to loosen it up. So I think China is uh, a little bit more decoupled from the rest of the world um, and maybe won't be seeing quite the same uh, movement towards recession that we're seeing across Western Europe Britain, United States.
1: What does that decoupling mean when you have to put capital to work in various markets? Does it cause a major rethink if you're looking at parts of Asia?
2: In terms of um, the outlook of an investor, I, I would say, um, you know, whatever happens in China is going to be clearly going to influence uh, strongly the economies of Australia, other uh, parts of the Pacific Rim. So, you um, I think you still have some possibility for investment in China, but it's not, um, it's not going to be as straightforward because they can definitely be taking actions that are going to be dissimilar from the actions being taken elsewhere. So I think it just means a little bit more investor caution is necessary in looking at the opportunities.
3: Yeah, we haven't seen a great deal of caution exercised around uh, stocks in Hong Kong earlier this week. We saw some substantial gains for uh, both uh, property stocks and then uh, um, e-commerce and technology stocks as well. I mean, we do have low rates, unofficial signs that maybe COVID zero is coming to an end. Is it just really impossible to ignore this market considering how cheap it is right now?
2: I don't think it's impo- I don't think it's possible to ignore it. But I think that investors need to tread with caution. I think there's still a very high level of uh, political risk with the question of how is uh, China treating Hong Kong and what does it mean in terms of the economic openness of Hong Kong. Um, that would uh, I think that's worth um let's call it, uh, several points on a P.E. ratio, So, if I were looking at it.
1: Given everything that you laying, are laying out right now, Cheryl, it seems like you're not too enthusiastic about putting money to work in the equity market. Are you maybe more encouraged when you look at what bonds are offering right now globally, whether it's sovereign debt or, or corporate credit, in some cases, very high-quality corporate credit?
2: I would say that bonds are considerably more attractive relative to stocks than they have been uh, for the past several years. Um, our outlook for et- equities um, requires us to have a two to three-year outlook to make have it make sense. We still think that there are definitely there are opportunities within equities, but they're in the steadier companies, the companies that have less cyclical earnings, the ones that have lower leverage within the debt market. The uh, rates are definitely more attractive than they were, and I would definitely be staying with the much, much higher uh, corporate credit quality. I think uh, we're still going to see uh, quite a challenging time for companies that are at triple uh, B and lower. It's going to be a harder market to uh, raise funds and a harder market to get um, investors excited about what they're offering.
3: Just very quickly, as rates rise, you mentioned leverage there and lower-rated companies. How real is the risk of bankruptcy for you?
2: I would say for any company that has a substantial reliance on short-term debt, uh, the risk of bankruptcy is uh, considerably increased from what it was a, a year ago. So if the rate of bankruptcy you know, in lower-rated companies was something in the 1% or 2% range, it could be as high as the 5 or 6% range at this point.
3: All right, Cheryl Smith, economist and portfolio manager at Trillium Asset Management. Thanks so much for joining us.